This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, I'm Sharad Kutin with me, Joyce Ko and Tan Chung Han. Yesterday, protesters gathered around uh, the Penang State Assembly uh, to voice objections over the Penang Transport Master Plan, including mega projects proposed under the plan. The Penang Forum, a coalition of NGOs, is demanding that the state government conduct an independent review of the Penang Transport Master Plan. We have on the line a Joshua Wu, a former councillor with the Sabang Prime Municipal Council, uh, to present the government's uh, view on these issues. Thank you so much, uh, Joshua, for joining us. I want to begin with the question of the government's perspective about yesterday's protest and the protesters. Yes, hi. Morning, everyone. Uh, regarding the, the protest yesterday, I mean the government uh, has always been practicing open, uh, very open to the public for feedback. So, uh, I mean, as long as there are peaceful demonstrations, the, the government has no problem with that. Yeah. Uh, Joshua, one of the criticisms of the PTMP is that it appears to emphasize on uh, personal mobility, you know, for example, roads and highways over improving improving public transport links. Uh, what's your comments on that? Yes, that criticism is, I mean, it came from the idea that PTMP uh, is going to build a new strategic disposal network. That means a new roads and highway to build up the, the highways hierarchy on the island. And I think this is a a mistaken idea because when we look around the world, we look about we are talking about these top uh, cities in the whole world which are recognised globally as sustainable. For example, Zurich, Singapore, and Stockholm, and and they, these three are listed by the World Economic Forums as the top sustainable city city in the whole world. And and these three cities have three, these three cities have very very good public transport. But last year alone. In Zurich, the, the government budgeted $800 million to expand their northern bypass to relieve bottlenecks. And in Singapore, currently, there are 13 ongoing road construction projects with an estimated cost of 33.5 billion ringgit. And in Stockholm, there are two major road construction. So when we see around the world in how actual city planning is going on to build public mobility, we have to go... We have to take a complementary method where building roads and developing public transport have to go hand in hand. And that's what uh, the Penang State Government is doing. So when you talk about the uh, PTMP, there are concerns over the price tag uh, <clears throat> excuse me, of that project, right? Now, you mentioned the price tags incurred by the likes of Zurich, Singapore, etc. But, you know, what about the price tag for Penang? Is this something that the state government can take on on their own? Or is this something that requires intervention, financial intervention on the part of the federal government? Okay, there, there are two questions here. One is that... Um, whether the whole project, uh, is it expensive? That's question one. Question two is that how do we fund the whole project? What's the funding model that we use? Now to the first question, I'd like to actually share a very short story. Eh? A short story. You know, in the late 1970s and 1980s, there was this so-called great MRT debate in Singapore. You know, they were de- debating at the time whether what kind of uh, public transport system best suited for the country. Now, the Minister of Transport at that time, Ong Teng Cheong, he proposed to build MRT. He said that MRT will be the backbone for Singapore's public transport and complemented by buses. But the MRT proposal 
was not agreed by all. Now, one of the strongest objectors uh, back then was against the MRT was none other than Mr. Goh Keng Sui, who was then the Singapore Deputy Prime Minister with a PhD from London School of Economics and was credited to have laid the foundation of Singapore economy. I mean, to him, when he saw, I mean, when he saw the proposal to build MRT, he said that it was very expensive. So what happened? So this Singapore, at that time, they wanted an alternative public transport plan. So they hired a professor from Harvard, a professor in transport economics, to conduct study to propose another recommendation. And after the study, they proposed an all-bus system, only use bus without MRT. And they say that it is cheaper and it's faster. And, but then, at that time, the Minister of Transport, Ong Teng Cheong, stood his ground and insisted to have the MRT. And the two sides debated fiercely, that's why it's called a great MRT debate, and in the end, the government of Singapore decided to build the MRT in 1982 with a budget of 5 billion Singapore dollars, which was roughly about 16% of the GDP at the time. And the rest, of course, we know is history. So Joshua, I, 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 I gather you're suggesting that we should have a, a great debate. Um, the, in fact, you have uh, individuals from the Penang Forum who have uh, you know, released a series of articles uh, outlining some of their concerns. Coming back to the question that Han was asking about the cost, under Halcro, the cost was $27 billion, but under the uh, SRS consortium, it's now increase uh, almost uh, twofold to $46 billion. There is some concern that uh, the design of the SRS consortium plan is really as much about a property play as it is about public transport. It's also uh, the, in, the entities within the SRS consortium will uh, stand to gain the most from this design. What do you make of that criticism? Okay, in the Halcro report, in the Halcro report on pages 28 and 39, it stated very clearly there that the estimated cost of 27 billion did not include land acquisition. That is very clear, right? And then why the current cost is estimated? It's all estimated because currently uh, we couldn't actually conduct detailed study yet because no contract has been signed yet. So currently the estimated cost is about 46 billion, and the increase is not actually because of inflated. You know, the, after the request for proposal, the, the, the proposal actually cost the same with Halcro, it's $27 billion. And it was only after further consultation with other agencies, especially the local two councils, they increased it to 46 And why? Because there were added components into it. Because all this while, the Halcro focused on the island, and Penang had both island and the mainland. So with the added components, for example, one monorail route, one bus tra- rapid transit route with two extensions on the mainland and one tram route on the island. And all this together uh, make up the $46 billion. So it's actually not correct to say that um, it has increased because want to, uh, d- develop, want to benefit developer and all that. This is because of added components that take into consideration the development of the mainland public transport as well. Uh, Joshua, there are allegations that the project delivery partners in the PTMP were not appointed via open tender processes and there are potential conflicts of uh, interest in the PDP model. Can you address these concerns? Okay, there are two methods of uh, RFP, yeah, request for proposal. One is open request for proposal. The other one is closed request for proposal. So, for example, if you want to 
uh, you want to find uh, someone to, to creatively pro- uh, propose some uh, methods to solve your problem, you can directly appoint it, which is a close request for proposal, or you can use uh, the method open request for proposal, which actually is being used by World Bank itself. Yeah, request open request for proposal, and the state government use this method to appoint both Helcro and also as well as the uh, uh, SRS, the consortium. Well, but Joshua, isn't it going against or perhaps a dilution of Pakatan Harapan stance, at least at the federal government level? Because we have heard uh, statements from several ministers about how moving forward in the uh, energy ministry, for example, everything will be completely open tender process. Should the state government follow those cues from the federal government? I, I mean, the state government is following the cue already because request for proposal is a form of open tender. It, because when we do the request for proposal, we invited international as well as local agency uh, or organization to take part, and uh, roughly 66 of them expressed interest, and six of them submitted their proposal. I mean, this is how open and competitive uh, tender is happening. Difference is that in request for proposal, we it allow them to have space to creatively think of ways to solve the problem that we have. Yeah, that's the major difference. Thank you so much, Joshua. Maybe we should have you as well as a representative from the Penang Forum on the grill, and we could have the great debate here on BFM 89.9. That was a former councillor with the Sarawang Prai Municipal Council, Joshua Wu. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.